Welcome to the Brattleboro Words Trail podcast. One of the most interesting sights on the Brattleboro Words Trail is the ruin of an old mansion, or castle as folks took to calling it, in New Hampshire's Pisgah Forest, just across the Connecticut River from Brattleboro. The castle was built by one of the more beguiling characters in and around Brattleboro. She called herself Madame Cherie. She was a costume designer and vaudeville performer from France, whose decadent castle parties with New York and Hollywood glitterati remain the most scandalous goings-on this uptight New England area has ever seen. And she's perfect for the Brattleboro Words Trail because of the thousands of versions of her tale that have been told over almost a hundred years. And, of course, for the castle ruins, which are nothing short of wondrous. To get to the ruins of Madame Cherie's castle from Brattleboro, it takes about 10 minutes. You take exit three off Route 91 toward New Hampshire cross the Justice Harlan Fisk Stone Bridge, another words trail story, and you hang a left just on the other side onto Gulf Road, a narrow passage through high stone cliffs and waterfalls. It twists and turns along a lively brook until you reach a small parking lot on the right that says Madame Cherie Forest. An information exhibit points you to a short trail that leads to the ruins, where a stark and haunting stone staircase curves up to nothing but sky. One of the few things we think we know for sure about the slippery Cherie is that her real name was Antoinette Bramare. Other facts about her twist and turn as much as the road leading to her place. We have news accounts of her elaborate ruses and over-the-top behavior. We know her protege, Charles Lemaire, a costume designer who would go on to win multiple Academy Awards, helped finance her escapades until eventually distancing himself from her. Locals seem to relish the pat moral of a story where a wild lady ends up poor and alone. One admirer actually bought and preserved the castle ruins for the public. That was Anne Stokes, a writer and lesbian firebrand whose unconventional summer gatherings in the late 60s and 70s sought to evoke the spirit of Cherie. Anne's bequest upon her death in 2016 also created Welcome Hill Studios, a nearby writing retreat by women and for women. Creative ladies can apply to stay in several female-built cabins in this lush and inviting forest. Welcome Hill says its work is a tribute to Anne Stokes' generous spirit and her constant striving for a better world. An archive of Anne's art and activism, including a collection of lesbian newsletters and journals from the 70s onward, are housed at UMass Amherst. It's a great story all around. We hope you will enjoy dipping into the legend of Cherie, narrated by Brattleboro writer Molly Malone. 
The stories best enjoyed walking the Madame Cherie forest trails or the nearby Anne Stokes Loop. But it's definitely a fun listen wherever you are. So enjoy. Roald Dahl once wrote, Never do anything by halves if you want to get away with it. Be outrageous. Go the whole hog. He wasn't writing about Madame Antoinette Cherie, though she lived by that creed and was certainly one of the most colorful characters ever to live in Brattleboro. Cherie invented her own persona. She was born in Paris as Antoinette Bramer, allegedly in 1878, though she was probably older. We know little of her childhood, but somehow she acquired seamstress skills and a flair for design. Her first invention was to become Antonia de Lilas, a dance hall performer. She was neither beautiful nor talented, but she had plenty of chutzpah. In 1909, she married André Riela, many years her junior. They told newspapers that André was an Italian diplomat's son whose parents disapproved of his marriage and his decision to become an actor. He was actually a petty criminal named Anthony Macaluso who was in Europe dodging an extortion charge. No matter. Two years later, they sailed to New York and staged an elaborate ruse of being tearfully accepted by Andre's parents, who were actually paid actors. At the time, 41% of all New Yorkers were immigrants, so the two fit in well, until Andre briefly got into more trouble. Mostly he danced, and Antonia designed his costumes. In 1916, she opened the millinery shop of Madame Cherie on 42nd Street in New York City, at which point Antonia ceased to exist and Madame Cherie was born. They designed costumes for numerous Broadway shows and took in a struggling vaudeville pianist, Charles Lemaire and made him into a designer. He went on to win four costume design Oscars and eight other nominations. In 1924, Andre died, probably from syphilis. Cherie lost interest in the shop and began to summer in West Chesterfield, New Hampshire, where actor Jack Henderson held wild parties that made mockery of prohibition laws and local norms. In 1929, she left New York and purchased a farmhouse and land near Henderson's. The money came from Le Maire, listed in numerous accounts as her adopted son, 
another Cherie exaggeration. In 1931, she debuted another outlandish invention, Castle Cherie. It had unusual features, the most impressive being the outside staircase hewn from rock that today is all that survives. It was actually a two-and-a-half-story pitched roof house that required imagination to call a castle. It was what happened inside that cemented the legend of both Cherie and the house. Suffice it to say that in 1931, Greater Brattleboro had few residents who had ever encountered anyone like Cherie. She threw elaborate soirees attended by celebrities making pilgrimage to the area and greeted them from a carved, cobra-backed chair dubbed the Queen's Throne. She adorned herself in sequin gowns, gravity-defying hats, and loads of glittering jewelry, most of it stage-paced. Locals heard rumors of the furnishings, a polar bear rug, gold Buddhas, Italian pottery, and more. Given the ongoing depression, some whispered that Cherie financed her spending through a prostitution ring. Others said the money came from mobsters. Cherie went whole hog. She purchased a 1927 Packard and claimed it was built for the Prince of Wales. Not so. But it was imaginable for those who saw her chauffeured into Brattleboro with a monkey perched on her shoulder. She always wore a fur coat and was said to be near or totally naked underneath. Stories circulated of scandalous behavior. Some were probably untrue, though a knowing local remarked, she had the modesty of a rooster. Castle Cherie was an illusion. She actually lived in the farmhouse, which lacked electricity, running water, or a telephone. It became a squalid hoarder's haunt, and once her star faded, the center of her hand-to-mouth existence. By the outbreak of World War II, she was too old to play the ingenue. Le Maire lived far away, and harebrained money-making schemes ended badly. Nor was she eligible for Social Security, as she had no proof of being a wage earner after 1924. The remaining years of her life were sad ones. Her Packard sat idle, her disposition soured, and reluctant neighbors provided food, firewood, and rides. In 1957, she grandiosely announced she was moving back to New York. Another lie. She was actually in Queechee. 
She visited Castle Cherie in 1959, found it had been vandalized, and moved to a Brattleboro boarding house. She couldn't pay her rent, became a ward of the town, and was committed to a nursing home. In 1962, Castle Cherie burned. The next year, her Packard was sold. And her farmhouse was condemned. She died on October 21, 1965, the very day Ann Stokes bought Cherie's land at a sheriff's sale. Today, it bears the names of both Stokes and Madame Cherie. In 1972, Charles Lemaire admitted he had long supported Cherie. Antoinette Bramer never did anything by halves. Madame Cherie was an invention so outrageous that she got away with it for more than a quarter of a century. She was a product of her time, but her story invites us to stand by the ruins of her so-called castle to contemplate eccentrics and myth-makers of our own. This episode of the Brattleboro Words Trail podcast was produced and hosted by me, Lisa Weinman. The Madame Cherie audio was written by Robert Weir, narrated by Molly Malone, and edited by Sally Seymour, with post-production mastering by Guilford Sound. Final podcast editing and production were by Alec Pombrion. Thanks to Alyssa Pine, Welcome Hill Studios, and the Chesterfield Historical Society for their help on this episode. And thanks for listening. We look forward to meeting up next time on the Brattleboro Words Trail.